First Samuel chapter 12 Samuel's farewell speech Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to everything you have said to me, and have set a king over you. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I am old and grey, and my sons are here with you. I have been your leader from my youth until this day. Here I stand. Testify against me, in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkeys have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of those things, I will make it right. You have not cheated or oppressed us, they said. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and also his anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. He is witness, they said. Then Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of Egypt. Now then, stand here, because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your ancestors. After Jacob entered Egypt, they cried to the Lord for help, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, so he sold them into the hands of Sisera and the commander of the army of Saror, and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, we have forsaken the Lord and served the Balas and the Ashtoreths. But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies, and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Jurabah, Barak, Jephah, and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you, so that you lived in safety. But when you saw that Nahash, king of Amorites, was moving against you, you said to me, No, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord, your God, was your king. Now here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him, and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you, as it was against your ancestors. Now then, stand still and see the great things the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. Then Samuel called on the Lord, and that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain. So all the people stood in awe of the Lord and Samuel. The people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, so that we will not die, for we have added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, Yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do no good, nor can they rescue, because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people, because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully, with all your heart, consider what great things he has done for you. Yet, if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. First Samuel chapter 13 Samuel rebukes Saul 
Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned over Israel 42 years. Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel. 2,000 were with him at Michmash, and in the hill country of Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan at Gilbeah in Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost at Jeba, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, Let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistine outposts, and now Israel has become obnoxious to the Philistines, and the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and the soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth Evan. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gildea. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offerings. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering, and that you did not come at a set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not fought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offerings. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him a ruler over his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Jibeh in Benjamin, and Saul counted the men who were with him. They numbered about six hundred. Saul and his son Jonathan and the men with them were staying in Jibeh in Benjamin, while the Philistine camped at Michmash. Raiding parties went out from the Philistines' camp in three detachments. One turned towards Oprah in the vicinity of Saul, another towards Beth Haran, and the third towards the borderland, overlooking the valley of Zeboim facing the wilderness. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel, because the Philistines had said, Otherwise, the Hebrews would make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plow points, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plow points and mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes for appointing guards. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or a spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass of Michmash. 1 Samuel chapter 14 One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let's go over the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Jibia under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about six hundred men among whom was Aijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was a son of Ichabon's brother, Ahitab, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest of Shilon. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. 
on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross, to which the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, and the other Zenith. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash, and the other to the south towards Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let's go over the outposts of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saying, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his young armor-bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you heart and soul. Jonathan said, Come on then, we will cross over towards them and let them see us. If they say to us, Wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, we will climb up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistines' outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The man of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come up to us, and we will teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up, using his hand and feet, and his armor-bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor-bearer killed some twenty men in the area, about half an acre. Israel routs the Philistines. Then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and field, and those in the outposts and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Saul's lookouts at Gibeah in Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. Then Saul said to the men who were with him, Muster the forces and see who was left with us. When they did, it was Jonathan and his armor-bearer who were not there. Saul said to Aijah, Bring the ark of God. At that time he was with the Israelites. While Saul was talking to the priest, the tumult in the Philistine camp increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the men assembled and went to the battle. They found the Philistines in total confusion, striking each other with their swords. Those Hebrews who had previously been in the Philistines and had gone up with them to the camp went over to the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites who had been hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. So on that day the Lord saved Israel, and the battle moved beyond Beth-Even. Jonathan eats honey. Now the Israelites were in distress that day, because Saul had bound the people under the oath, saying, Cursed be anyone who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the troops tasted food. The entire army entered the woods, and there was honey on the ground. Then they went into the woods. When they went into the woods, they saw the honey woozing out. Yet no one put his hand on his mouth, because they feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard that his father had bound the people with this oath, so he reached out the end of the stuff that was in his hand and dipped into the honeycomb. He raised his hand to his mouth, and his eyes brightened. Then one of the soldiers told him, Cursed be anyone who eats food today. That is why the men are faint. Jonathan said, My father has made trouble for the country. See how my eyes brightened when I tasted a little of this honey. How much better it would have been if the men had eaten today some of the plunder they took from the enemies. Would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater? That day, after the Israelites had struck down the Philistines from Mishmash to Eiljalon, they were exhausted. They pounced on the plunder and, taking sheep, cattle and calves, they butchered them on the ground and ate them. 
together with the blood. Then someone said to Saul, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that has blood in it. You have broken faith, he said. Roll a large stove over here at once. Then he said, Go out among the men and tell them, Each of you bring me your cattle and sheep and slaughter them here and eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood still in it. So everyone brought his ox that night and slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar for the Lord. It was the first time he had done this. Saul said, Let us go down and pursue the Philistines by night and plunder them till dawn, and let us not leave one of them alive. Do whatever seems best to you, they replied. But the priest said, Let us inquire of God here. So Saul asked God, Shall I go down and pursue the Philistines? Will you give them into Israel's hand? But God did not answer him that day. Saul therefore said, Come here, all you who are leaders of the army, and let us find out what sin has been committed today. As surely as the Lord who rescued Israel lives, even if the guilt lies with my son Jonathan, he must die. But none of them said a word. Saul then said to all the Israelites, You stand over there. I and Jonathan my son will stand over here. Do what seems best to you, they replied. Then Saul prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel. Why have you not answered your servant today? Is the fault in me or my son Jonathan? Respond with Urim. But if the men of Israel are at fault, respond with the Tunim. Jonathan and Saul were taken by lot, and the men were cleared. Saul said, Cast the lot between me and Jonathan my son. And Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done. So Jonathan told him, I tasted a little honey with the end of my staff, so now I must die. Saul said, May God deal with you, be it even so severely, if you do not die, Jonathan. But the man said to Saul, Should Jonathan die, he who has brought about this great deliverance in Israel? Never, as surely as the Lord lives, not a hair of his hand will fall to the ground, for he did this today with God's help. So the man rescued Jonathan, and he was not put to death. Then Saul stopped pursuing the Philistines, and they withdrew to their own land. After Saul had assumed the role over Israel, he fought against the enemies on every side. Moab, the Amorites, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he inflicted punishment on them. He fought valiantly and defeated the Amalekites, delivering Israel from the hands of those who had plundered them. Saul's family Saul's sons were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malkishua. The name of his older daughter was Merab, and that of the younger was Michal. His wife's name was Ahinoam, daughter of Aizama. The name of the commander of Saul's army was Abner, son of Ner, and Ner was Saul's uncle. Saul's father Kish and Abner's father Ner were sons of Abriel. All the days of Saul there was bitter war with the Philistines, and whenever Saul saw a mighty and brave man, he took him into his service.